0: the best in bitcoin made audible you're listening to bitcoin audible with guy swan what's up crew welcome back to bitcoin audible i am guy swan the guy who has read more about bitcoin than anybody else you know. And we've got a really good piece that we are digging into today. Uh, another one from Bitcoin Magazine, an incredible resource in this space. Uh, and this one dives a little bit into the philosophy of the cypherpunk movement, uh, the challenges and fight for free speech uh, that WikiLeaks represents on the internet, and kind of the history of that. And of course, the travesty of. Injustice that has been the extradition of Julian Assange. This is written by returning author Nozomi Hayase, and it's titled, Julian Assange's U.S. Extradition and Bitcoin's Battle for Freedom of the Internet. Uh, Real quick, if you guys aren't stacking Bitcoin, you are making a very grave mistake And it is something that could be all the more painful in a couple years time when you have completely lost the ability to stack while Bitcoin was still $9,000. But if you start a Swan Savings Plan at swanbitcoin.com slash guy, you will automate your sat stacking and never have to think about it again. It is the simplest way to DCA. You set it and forget it. And you got the lowest fees in the space. You'll also get $10 free to start you off. Do you want 10 free dollars in Bitcoin? Of course you do. Go to swanbitcoin.com guy, and that's, that's where you get it. So check that out. But for now, let's jump right into today's article, again by Nozomi Hayasi, and titled, Julian Assange's US Extradition and Bitcoin's Battle for Freedom of the Internet. WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange is currently being held on remand in a London maximum security prison solely on the basis of a U.S. extradition request. Assange has been charged with 17 counts of espionage related to WikiLeaks 2010 to 2011 publications concerning the U.S. wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Embarrassing U.S. diplomatic communications and evidence of torture in the Guantanamo Bay detention camp. Assange's U.S. extradition case is recognized by free speech groups as the most important press freedom case of the 21st century. As the aggressive judicial overreach of the U.S. government is already creating a chilling effect on reporters and media organizations, some recognize consequences far beyond the future of journalism. Julian Assange's father, John Shipton, who regularly attends cryptocurrency conferences, has warned those who are involved in the development of new technologies that they are not immune to suffering the same fate as his son. How does the prosecution of Assange threaten the crypto movement? And why does the Bitcoin community need to be concerned about his plight for freedom? Innovative Endeavor At its heart, WikiLeaks is an innovative endeavor. Started as a project of Sunshine Press, it was an invention of a new form of journalism built on the platform of the internet. On its website's About page, WikiLeaks described how it started with an online dialogue between activists around the world who shared their aspiration to eliminate injustice and human suffering caused by the abuses of power of corporations and governments especially oppressive regimes. WikiLeaks also acknowledges the efforts of Philip Zimmerman, the creator of an encryption software program known as Pretty Good Privacy, or PGP, and how the vision of this lone computer programmer in Colorado instigated a global revolution for mass distribution of privacy technologies. Inspired by this pioneer of private and secure online communication, The founding members of WikiLeaks sought for a way to deploy information technologies to create a robust system of publishing that protects the anonymity of sources and enables transparency of the powerful. This new journalistic organization aimed to make document-leaking technology available at a global scale in order to better bring accountability to governments and other institutions. The Crypto Wars History has shown how new ideas and inventions are often met with opposition and fierce condemnation by the state. At the start of the 1990s, when Zimmerman released PGP, the U.S. government considered what he had done the equivalent of exporting munitions. It launched a three-year criminal investigation against him, creating a battle over encryption that became known to some as the Crypto Wars. The case was eventually dropped when U.S. courts ruled that software source code qualifies as speech protected by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Two decades later, WikiLeaks' efforts to amplify information technologies to tackle the problem of government secrecy created another global revolution, this time disrupting the media landscape. Like its forerunner, this new free press of the digital age soon became a target of political retaliation. After WikiLeaks released classified documents that revealed U.S. war crimes, the U.S. government decided that its editor-in-chief had damaged national security, though it produced no shred of evidence that the published documents caused any harm. It effectively declared war on the First Amendment, charging an Australian journalist under the Espionage Act in the District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. Just as in the first crypto war, where it tried to ban encryption, it was now trying to shut down WikiLeaks. Cypherpunk Philosophy What is this new crypto war, now being waged against the whistleblowing site, all about? This battle is not just about Assange as an individual. While mainstream media fixates on Assange and his character, WikiLeaks is not driven solely by one charismatic man. Behind the organization, there are thousands of ordinary people worldwide who are dedicated to the principle of freedom of speech. At the end of 2010, when WikiLeaks began publishing troves of sensitive U.S. diplomatic cables, its website came under heavy pressure by the U.S. government and its allies. Insurgency swiftly emerged from deep inside the web to help WikiLeaks counteract Distributed Denial-of-Service Attacks, or DDoS. By keeping multiple copies of its website and setting up mirror sites, anonymous networks allowed information to continue to flow. Inspiring those collective acts of resistance in an underground subculture of the Internet are shared values and ideals embodied in the cypherpunk philosophy. Emerging in the late 1980s, the cypherpunk movement is a loosely tied group of mathematicians, computer scientists, and online activists who advocate privacy through the use of strong cryptography. Shifting the balance of power Assange is known to have joined the cypherpunk mailing list in late 1993 or early 1994. His engagement with those on the edges of the internet had a large influence on his intellectual development. The native Australian software programmer and expert in cryptography once summed up the core values behind WikiLeaks by saying, quote, capable, generous men do not create victims. They nurture victims. He acknowledged this is something that he learned from his own father and other capable, generous men in his life. This moral value, installed at an early age, found practical application in the cypherpunk's core belief. Cryptography can be a key tool for protecting individual autonomy threatened by power. In his 2006 essay, Conspiracy as Governance, a kind of manifesto from which WikiLeaks was conceived, Assange analyzed the structure of power and means to shift the balance of power between the individual and the state. By using cryptography as a, quote, Nonviolent democratic weapon that gives claws to the weak, Assange found a way to provide information to the public to hold the powerful accountable and to help ordinary people empower themselves with knowledge. Ethics of Cryptography Cypherpunks saw the political implications of their work and strove for proper use of the power inherent in cryptography. This attitude has shaped the ethics of cryptographers and defined cypherpunk cryptography as crypto with values. Eric Hughes, who in 1992 co-founded the influential cypherpunk mailing list, together with Timothy C. May and John Gilmore, described those values as openness, the free flow of information, and decentralization. In A Cypherpunks Manifesto, published in 1993, He declared that, quote, "...code is free for all to use, worldwide." Assange also articulated the moral values of cypherpunks, noting, quote, "...the whole point of free software is to liberate it in all senses." He added, "...it's part of the intellectual heritage of man. True intellectual heritage can't be bound up in intellectual property." Instead of claiming ownership of their knowledge... Cypherpunks aim to build software on a ground of free sharing and open platforms in which everyone can participate and make contributions to the development and utilization. Zimmerman gave PGP away online, making the source code free and freely available. Through people all over the world simply downloading and using it, the decentralization of that technology helped to secure the right to privacy at a large scale. By deploying an anonymous, secure Dropbox, WikiLeaks made it possible for people around the globe to speak out against their government's wrongdoing without fear of their identity being revealed. Courage of whistleblowers became contagious, creating waves of disclosures. WikiLeaks, powered by free software, began to liberate information that had been captured under the proprietary ownership of corporations and governments. Shared Fate. It is with this cypherpunk vision of ethics that Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous creator of Bitcoin, also published its white paper online. The invention of Bitcoin, a peer to peer electronic cash system, unleashed the revolutionary power of cryptography. This community driven free software project set in motion a decentralized movement to liberate money from the monopoly of central banks. By people across the world simply choosing to run full nodes, each containing a complete record of all Bitcoin transactions, a network secures this stateless digital cash as a form of free speech that belongs to everyone. Years before the U.S. government's assault on free speech escalated into the indictment against the WikiLeaks founder, the mysterious creator of Bitcoin, recognized the potential fate that would befall the world's first global fourth estate. In December 2010, Wikileaks faced the unlawful financial blockade imposed by private payment processing companies, and the organization was considering using Bitcoin to circumvent it. Satoshi, who was concerned about the risk of drawing unwanted government attention to his then-infant currency, appealed to Wikileaks not to take such action. In an online post, Satoshi noted that Wikileaks has kicked the hornet's nest and the swarm is headed towards us. Wikileaks eventually did turn to Bitcoin to achieve financial sovereignty and now the swarm is getting larger bringing a new war on cryptography. Currency of Resistance The citizens of the internet have been longing for another world independent from the old world of exploitation, violence, and control. Dreams for FreeNet, for the internet to become an emancipatory tool for building peer-to-peer systems, have united people around the world together in the frontier of cyberspace. Meanwhile, the U.S. government's prosecution of Assange is a direct attack on freedom of expression, people's ability to form and exchange ideas and collaborate creatively. What is now being threatened is our shared values and a vision for the future of the Internet at the heart of Bitcoin's decentralized consensus. Bitcoin, from its inception, was a political act. This is shown in the highly politicized message in the Genesis block referring to a banking bailout. In the lively discussion of public cryptography in 1992 on the Cypherpunk mailing list, the late Hal Finney, a noted cryptographer who is considered to be one of the earliest Bitcoin pioneers, reminded us of the ethical responsibility of cryptographers. Quote, The computer can be used as a tool to liberate and protect people rather than to control them. Finney, who received the very first Bitcoin transaction sent by Satoshi, wrote urging Bitcoin early adopters to put their unearned wealth to good use. Now, as Assange's U.S. extradition battle intensifies, the internet is calling for the rise of cypherpunks, Assange's fellow capable, generous men who exercise their power for social good to unite once again and take up their moral duty. The future of the internet believes in Bitcoin, the potential of this crypto with values to become the currency of resistance to defend its freedom. Author's note. WikiLeaks has launched the official campaign page, Don't Extradite Assange. You can get information on how you can help stop Assange's extradition. Please consider donating to the WikiLeaks Official Defense Fund and take action. Links provided in the notes. All right, and that concludes another great little piece from Bitcoin Magazine and Nozomi Hayase. And uh, uh, just... Always great stuff up here and this is a really cool one just kind of touching on the history of WikiLeaks and the cypherpunk movement where all of this was birthed from and it's amazing how many like think about how many powerful technologies and world-changing things have come about from the cypherpunk movement. Like such a small group of cryptographers and activists have led to PGP, have led to WikiLeaks. Literally world-shattering uh, evidence and and release of information over a 15-year period that has changed changed everything about how we see governments and corporations and people in power. It's revealed and turned so many conspiracy theories into truth in that period of time. Uh, stuff that people were called insane and ridiculous for claiming was was going on behind the scenes, only to find out that the truth was worse then the speculation was that it led to bitcoin that it led to all of these cryptographic systems and the leaks like it has truly it is such a small thing a cypherpunk mailing list with just a group of people who truly cared and understood the power of this technology have literally like started a started a wave that is genuinely changing the world we're already seeing it these are the results of those morals these are the results of those ideals and the philosophy of uh what the power of cryptography can actually provide um and a resistance and an ability and a hope to actually remove the monopoly power of money from the state um from those who continue to uh, prove to be corrupt and untrustworthy uh, so I really I really want to dig into this idea further. Let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, I want to get some water real quick and we'll hit our sponsor and then we'll jump back in and I'll give you a little bit of guys' take on this whole situation. It It's amazing how much traces back to the cypherpunk movement, how much has shaped our world um, in such a seemingly innocuous and tiny thing like it's not one thing that came about from that it's so many powerful tools and influences in the world i mean just think about the things that we know because of WikiLeaks. like they'd been doing this and you know building this up and like trying to stand for and build these systems to you know secure leaking information and making it able for people to securely tell the truth about people in power for 20 years you know like all of the stuff with Guantanamo Bay like the torture and years and years of speculation and guesses as to the terrible things that were happening over there the complete rejection of human rights of American citizens being held without any any due process whatsoever um torture and all of this stuff like for decades this was assumed, and people were told they were crazy. People were told to shut up, and people were told that, you know, you're just making stuff up, and then to find out that it was all true, to, to actually have the information, to actually have it revealed because of the ability to do so securely, to to keep the, the sources anonymous and actually protect the freedom of speech and the freedom to tell the truth about someone else's crimes no matter where they are in the hierarchy of power. I mean, so many banking scandals. And corruption, like the list of that crap is like I don't even know I wouldn't even know where to start with that. The uh like the the Somali assassination stuff, um, all the climate gate stuff where like there were literal emails back and forth teaching people how to manipulate information to to get policies enacted. Um, and so that you know, when, when some piece of data didn't line up, it's like, oh well you can change it, and if you remove these pieces, it'll all work great. Uh, the whole Bilderberg group stuff, all of that is released because of WikiLeaks, the 9-11 papers, uh, the revelation about, uh, Saudi Arabia's connections to this and the financing of the actual hotel rooms that I think it was like the prince's wife or something was the actual bank account that funded some of the freaking hotel rooms in this and that the, you know, the diversion that we go after Iraq and Afghanistan, um, because, you know, we need Saudi Arabia's oil, um, uh, all the stuff about the oil connections with Bush and uh, the corruption in that sphere. So many of that information we know because of connections between documents and data that WikiLeaks released. Um, the airstrikes, the 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 murder of the Reuters journalists, the whole collateral uh, murder thing. Um, and for the explicit purpose of shutting them up, like the whole Iraq war logs, the Afghan... Uh, Uh, a dump, uh, war logs, whatever. I I can't remember exactly what they're referred to, what their official name is. Um, uh, Spy files from so many countries now, Uh, China, uh, the U S there's like multiple spy files released Russia. um, Oh God, all the stuff with the TPP. Uh, and, And I can't remember like a lot of the specific details, but it was, it was literally like, these were secret trade agreements that people were not like, we were not allowed to see that the public of the countries that this, these trade agreements were with were not allowed to see that there is an intranational court that, is, that has a literal secret court about trade deals that are signed in secret on a global level for multinational corporations and states to sue each other over these rules for not following them that no elected representatives are involved in at whatsoever like it's the complete rejection of sovereignty for any of the states, any of the representatives, representatives or the citizens of any of these countries. Like that's insane. You know, like like, like that you we're talking about like a secret world government that's in, uh, instituting policies and then saying that for those who violate those policies that are getting sued in this court can't talk, can't even tell it to their citizens that this is what's happening. Um uh, the whole uh, and this is the one that finally put them on the radar because like, oh, now it was about the election was the whole DNC email leak leak uh, with uh, Clinton um, that just showed, showed Clinton cheated the crap out of the election from Sanders. Uh, and for obvious reasons, you know the the banks loved Clinton and Sanders being the socialists like truly hated the banks and that was the last thing that they were going to allow happen um, and uh, oh god the corruption in that uh, and all the gerrymandering and all kinds of crazy stuff um, it's it's amazing the amount of fraud and uh, lying and conniving that goes into all of these elections, that's why I think the whole process is just a joke um, and it's funny that this is when the demonization of WikiLeaks started uh, as, as a Russian agent uh, which is so absurd for anybody who knows anything about the history and actually follows WikiLeaks um, for anything other than the th- the 30 minutes of the, uh, God, the hourly basis of like for years that the media blasted that they were a Russian agent and they worked with Russia and blah, blah, blah. Um, and of course, you know, lack of evidence in that is, of course, no concern. And, you know, I'm told for those who, saw this as some special corruption of the election, which is a fraud uh from the get-go. I don't I don't understand how there's any special corruption of something that is corrupt from the beginning. Um uh and, and you know it's almost universally from those who just hated Trump, understandably. Like who who doesn't? Like he's a complete buffoon. But the funny thing about this is that the excuse for the supposed justification to persecute a man, Julian Assange in this case, who told not even a partial sentence of a lie or exaggeration of anything that happened. Like, all truth. Like, this is something that I I, I repeat and, and stress over and over that WikiLeaks, out of all media organizations, of all journalistic institutions, it is the only that is truly long-standing journalistic institution that has never had to retract a statement for being false. That I'm sorry that that influenced an election. You know, like, what? Of course. Okay, if the truth influenced something, well, then there's there's no, like, illegal time to tell the truth about something. Like, that is, that's that's an indication that the election itself is too powerful, that the government has too much influence. That is the problem that is revealed from that truth. If If it's illegal or if it's bad to tell the truth about someone else's crime because it has an influence on an election, what kind of what kind of moral standard is that? And, and you know we've got one right around the corner. I I assume that you know those same people are concerned about uh what is the stupid uh, Bolton's book that just got released and you know the release the release of Trump's tax documents. I mean those influence elections, right? Like we that that's that undermines America's democracy. If we're concerned about the DNC leak. And that that's an influence on the election. Is this not the same thing to, to reveal the, the truth of Trump's corruption, of him being a complete idiot and an asshat on so many occasions? I mean, hell, you can make an argument that his own public speeches are influencing the election for the idiotic stuff that he says. But I don't hear any outrage from those people. It's, it's their candidate that got unfairly influenced somehow it's all just you know telling the truth in the other in the other direction this is this is the corruption and just the why politics is such a hateful and crappy thing it just brings out the shittiest in everybody it just does it's a poison on society like it 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 always is setting everyone against each other for the dumbest possible reasons and to say that you know, some other person doing evil, the messenger, the one who revealed that, that that is where the problem lies? Like, how, how badly could we lose the plot here? What is it? Ron Paul or Orwell or whoever? You know, truth is treason in the empire of lies. You know, all the stuff in, like, you know, WikiLeaks, again, the source of the stuff in Yemen. Uh, Chelsea Manning, like Chelsea, Bradley Manning, that whole fiasco and all the war corruption and the release of all that stuff, like that was made possible because of WikiLeaks. I mean, you know, unfortunately, Chelsea Manning's in prison. Um, but, uh, oh my God, Vault 7. Vault 7, holy crap. If anybody has not dug into that, I mean, it's like gigabytes and gigabytes of stuff. Or t- Actually, I think that's like a terabyte or something. Um, but, you know, not one of our operating systems doesn't have some sort of a backdoor and that they were explicitly keeping zero day exploits from the public and buying them up uh, that are so called security agencies for the explicit purpose of keeping all American communications fundamental infrastructure to all of our communications vulnerable across the board to institute a insecurity the literal agencies that tax us to quote unquote for the explicit purpose of securing our communications spent our money building in backdoors and hiding vulnerabilities from us so that we could not patch them imagine imagine you took your car to get something fixed on the engine you took it to a mechanic And they purposefully like sanded down all of your wire connections and like soldering inside the car. They dumped sugar into your gas tank and, you know, they took a piss in your back seat and then charged you $1,500 and then demanded that you thank them. And some guy shows releases video of this and he is put in prison under the claim that the video was the property of the mechanic and therefore they are a thief. And executing and and persecuting them under the es- Espionage Act, Espionage Act, on behalf of their saying that this was spying for their competitor. That is essentially where Assange is right now, and he's put in maximum security prison like he's a like he's a freaking terrorist who's gonna nuke somebody. The the kangaroo court situation that he is in, He's, he literally isn't even allowed to speak to his lawyers. He's put behind like thick bulletproof glass where he cannot even hear the proceedings of his own court case. This is the psychotic world that we live in right now. And this is foretelling people about the crimes of those in power. This is how imbalanced and corrupt everything is. And you know this is a trend this is something that happens incrementally over incredibly long periods of time when there is nobody talking back when when there's when there's no resistance when they are allowed secrets to you know like like the the more the more steps towards corruption the more that is excused the more that is just like pushed under the rug or just like oh I won't speak up this time like like this this is the inevitable trend of an institution that enforces a monopoly by violence, by by literal like coercion and uh, and taxation to to actually steal from their customers, as opposed to um, having any agency, having any sovereignty in the decision to fund something. Like that's that's the end result. Um, And it doesn't it doesn't matter the intentions of these people. Like you could have so many great people in government, but what are they going to do to these huge unelected institutions when this is the level of when this is the level of corruption, and that they can just spread narratives? I mean, you know, just go read about Mockingbird and some of the absolute batshit things have been that have been going on in these intelligence agencies, and we're now at risk of. Losing the right to even talk about it, that to spread the word to tell people about the crimes of government is 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 literally you know life in prison. It's a death sentence essentially. you know when when the article says like that you know a lot of international journalistic institutions and activists and stuff see this as the most important case for the freedom of speech ever. It absolutely is. and to to allow them to just be like, oh, it was inconvenient for the election, and then to let the the idiotic red-blue competition be the thing that allows you to excuse it, or to ignore it? Like, I don't know, are, are we that easy to just throw away that principle? So much of what we know about the truth of the world right now, about the powers that be, and the profound corruption in those systems of power and some multinational corporations that have been playing this game, so much of this traces all the way back to a tiny mailing list of cypherpunks basically sharing math problems. You know, who would have thought that this tiny this this seemingly innocuous little thing on the internet could have had such unbelievably profound impacts on the world, regardless of what you think about WikiLeaks. It is it is reshaping the world. It has had an unbel- it is a global player in this game now. And it's still there. And we should we should do everything that we can to protect that. Um, because you know that last that principle and the idea of freedom of speech and the idea of being able to tell the truth and to go against the the common narrative or uh, against the status quo should be protected at all costs. Because that lasts a lot longer than the next election. And when these things are given up incrementally, you don't get them back. That's how they are lost. They're lost right at that point when, when that principle is hard to uphold because it's done in the name of somebody we disagree with or an opinion we don't hold. And that it's really easy to just ignore that principle just just this time. And then you find out that it's just gone. That that, that next little part of the field, those, those next couple of yards were seeded to systems of control and some new legal or regulatory institution that decides exactly how and when we can speak. And, you know, the world's kind of gone nuts uh, ever since. It doesn't seem like it's getting any better. Um, But to have WikiLeaks come from that, this is why these tools, these tools are fundamentally so powerful. Um, You know, Tor birthed from this age from these encryption systems, uh, onion routing in general. Uh, uh, so many of these ideals are core to what is keeping this system alive, like or, or what is keeping freedom and sovereignty in cyberspace alive. I mean, it birthed Bitcoin from you know twenty of its precursors. Uh, people solving so many of the individual problems like. The, the isolated problems that led to something like Bitcoin and then has had such a profound effect on uh maintaining decentralized systems and even then turning around and being a source of security and sovereignty for WikiLeaks again that when forty some odd million dollars was um, uh, outside of any legal right to do so was kept from WikiLeaks just from political influence without any actual right to do so like with no due process whatsoever but that their money was held from them that bitcoin actually kept them alive um and uh and i love that you know satoshi was like uh please bitcoin is too early don't don't use it yet um because it was still in its infancy i mean this was back in 2010 that this this really all started um And uh, and WikiLeaks, I think, actually released. There was a statement released at some point, like in 2013 or something or 14 that it was like, thank you to uh, them for uh, encouraging so many people to donate Bitcoin to them. And then Bitcoin went up a thousand X in price or whatever. And now they're sitting on all these funds uh, to, you know, keep the institution alive. Uh, I mean, what an amazing story. And like. What an what a fascinating element in this whole push. Like you, you can see how these these technologies and uh, uh, these new systems and, and decentralization feeds back in on itself that it can then support the very institutions that we could very well have lost during those days. The ability to freely speak. And leak information about the corruption of those in power, um, regardless of what color it's painted, or which tie it's wearing, um, or what day of the week it is, or how close to an election it is. That we will protect those that that principle of the freedom to speak about evils and corruption, like the the, the right to tell the truth, should always be, and that there is no there is no fundamental arbiter as to what that truth is. That's why freedom of speech is so important, because the truth is not subjective, but everything that we believe in some sense is, like it is all still based on subjective reality. So the idea is that how do we have as many conversations as possible? How do we have uh, that speech as uh, uncontrolled as possible so that we can actually try to sort out that objective truth? Um, that is that is an end, uh, or it's a it's a process. It is not an actual end. You know, there's no really getting there. It's a process of constantly finding and incrementing our way closer and closer to it. But you don't get that without the discussion. You don't get that without uh, uh, opposing opinions and actually being able to attack what each other think and the data points and and you know and speaking our minds when we're challenged. And you know, without these without encryption, like without Bitcoin, without you know Wikileaks without p g p you know we could have lost it already, like I don't think people realize how fragile this is sometimes you know twenty twenty is just kind of a freaking banner for revealing that to a lot of people um you know, we are on our own, nobody's gonna come save us, and you know the police. Like, like, if there's anything, again, like I've talked a couple of times about this, about the second amendment, holy crap, that, that argument is out the window that we can rely on police to protect us. We know that that's not true. Um, and it may have been really comfortable to believe that, but we are ultimately responsible for our liberty, our sovereignty, and our own protection. And that's why we're here, right? Like that's, that's what this is about. Um, is about empowering people uh, and providing an alternative to these systems to cut at the roots that literally enable it to stand. You know that's why I say all the time that like I'm in this for all or nothing. You know like like I don't I don't know how else to make that future come about. Other than like like I think Bitcoin is the most powerful tool in that, and enabling sovereignty for those who wish to wish to find it and get it and uh pop had a great tweet just the other day is that you know it's becoming more and more true as time passes that decentralized systems, decentralized protocols, and like independent communications and cryptography well, I mean he didn't go into all this he just said decentralization in general um like this it's absolutely critical to securing free speech for the future, for the next generation, for our kids and their kids and grandkids. Like like if we don't build these decentralized systems, like we're going to lose all that. Like th- this is, this is the fight of our age. And it's clearly a pretty messy process. And we all get put in, uncomfortable positions and have to come to terms with stuff that we don't like and have to admit something that you know something that we have to trade to get those principles there's a whole lot of bad we have to take with the good sometimes so i don't know this is a fascinating thing i was just a uh, probably got kind of gloomy here I just, I was having a conversation with my brother just a little while ago and, uh, he was all getting, we were going off on all the crap that's just bad and crappy right now. And yeah, you know, it's so easy. Um, to stay focused on that. Um, but I, I still think I, I like to be optimistic regardless. Like, you know, I've looked forward uh, for a long time now. Um, and mostly since finding Austrian economics and, and looking at the world through a different lens and, you know, WikiLeaks, I follow WikiLeaks for so long, like from the beginning, uh, uh, by the way, great book. Um, uh, how the internet happened is actually a really good one too. Uh, uh, Phil, uh, a uh, boy named Sue, uh, Phil, uh, is just now listening to it, reading it or something. And, uh, uh Thank me for the recommendation. It's on my uh, Bitcoin Survivors book list on thecryptoeconomy.com. Uh, if you want to check that out, there's so many great things. And another one up there is, uh, "This Machine Kills uh, Secrets," and it's all about uh, the history of the Cypherpunks and hacktivism, and uh, and WikiLeaks. And there's so much. There's so much to dig into if you haven't uh, read and or listened to that book. Um, "Exploding the Phone" is another great one on that. And just how this uh, how cyberspace has powerfully changed our our state uh, the the state of the world and the balance of power in that and and that bitcoin will help secure that in all its bad and all its good um and it's it's a crazy crazy new world that we are finding ourselves in and you know after seeing and speculating on what it might look like it's just kind of insane to think you yeah, were here. Like this is it. This is what it looks like. This is this is what we've been talking about and saying would come to fruition. And I don't I don't see an easy way out now. Like it's like like we're in the we're we're at the, you know, the heart of change happening right now. We're we're this is the shift that is occurring. And I don't I don't think there's any escape valve on it um escape valve in the sense that there's there's no way to like turn it off and halt it for another five or six years like like it's just going to steamroll you know the avalanche is we're watching the avalanche start um but we do have an escape valve in the sense a a way to secure our sovereignty um that is these systems and and these uh uh these protest technologies these these resistance technologies that have come about since then and in, in the name of this philosophy and in the name of those principles and free speech um, and these de- decentralized systems that have uh, come about on, on the internet to try to secure these things that's what they're here for you know this was the future they were preparing for they knew that if we didn't have these things we were going to lose it but if we did that we can actually make ourselves a future that wasn't this dystopia that we saw coming that wasn't george orwell's nightmare uh, that we'd find ourselves in that we kind of have found ourselves in um and you know thank god for things like bitcoin thank god for things like wikileaks um and and encryption and our ability to uh continue to share information and, and have these open systems uh to share knowledge and disagree you know like i'm sure I'm sure there are plenty of people who listened to this rant and had 10 things to disagree with. Um, But that's an important thing to have. Like, we have to be able to do that. We we have to be able to tell the truth and tell our truth without censorship. Um, I think there is no, there is no, you know, quote, unquote, classical liberal future there is no sovereignty there is no freedom without that that is that is at the core of all of it and money is uh the the most fundamental speech it is the speech it is the declaration of what we find value in like that is that is speech with skin in the game that is a more important speech to secure than even verbal speech even text itself like like it is one thing to share my opinion it is another thing to be to not be able to share my opinion, but to be able to put my money where that opinion matters, um, to put my value in the work of my life and the future that I want to see happen. That's where I put it. And that's why Bitcoin is a all or nothing game to me, is that we like we go to that future or or, or nothing, you know? So, I don't know. I guess I guess that'll do it. <laughs> Check out the Bitcoin Survivors book list. There's so much great stuff up there. I go back to it. Some of these uh, books I hadn't read in ages and or listened to, and I need to go back and listen to them. It's got me all jacked about the whole uh, hacktivism and the history of the internet again. Uh, particularly, shout out to Phil, uh, a boy named Sue, for, uh, oh, actually, I'll actually be posting a conversation that we just had uh, the other day, uh, he published it on uh, his podcast. Um, shout out to him for reminding me about that book because he just shot me a message. I was like, oh my God, I hadn't listened to that in ages. Love it. Such a good book. Um, again, that was How the Internet Happened. And then the other one is This Machine Kills Secrets. Uh, that will do us for today. Don't forget to secure our future of sovereignty to secure cyberspace with its own monetary medium, its own incorruptible financial system. Make sure that you're buying shares in that new future. With your Swan Bitcoin savings plan, go to swanbitcoin.com guy, and you'll get 10 free bucks worth of Bitcoin, and you'll support this show. Bitcoin Audible, with all the best works in Bitcoin made audible, and all the best rants from Guy to follow. <laughs> that is me. Guy Swan, the guy who's read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. And we are getting close to Bitblock Boom. Don't forget about offer code CC. It'll get you 30% off those tickets to the Bitcoin Maximalist Conference right there at the end of August in good old Texas. I uh, hope to see you guys there. That's offer code CC. Don't waste sats. Get that discount, baby. So much love. For Bitcoin Magazine, uh, uh, Nozomi for writing this piece. So many great pieces from Nozomi recently. Um, I, uh, becoming a new go-to for Bitcoin Magazine articles for me. I hope you guys have been enjoying it as much as I have. Um, and uh, and the Let's Talk Bitcoin Network for sharing Bitcoin Audible with the world. Don't forget to subscribe to Bitcoin Audible so you don't you don't miss our hundreds of other reads of so many works in the Bitcoin space from the most brilliant minds. And, uh, yeah, that'll close us out. That'll do it. I'm Guy Swan. I will catch you tomorrow with another episode of Bitcoin Audible. And until then, take it easy, guys.